Okay, I really am just waking up, but <laughs> I was gonna film in this chicken coop because it was too wet out here. It's very misty, blah, 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 but it's uh, pretty dark and uh, not dark, but cold. Cold is dark, you know, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I got this chicken in here. It is a chicken coop, so, you know, Who's me to be <laughs> um, mad at anything, but I was going to do a podcast in the chicken coop, but this chicken will not stop talking, and it's just overwhelmingly loud. I wonder if I keep talking, she'll shut up. Maybe she will. She's getting red, which means that chickens don't like. Chickens are very stressed out when they're red. Um, I also don't want to be pooped on, but they're kind of over there doing their thing. She's so cute. So I might, I might stay. I might risk it. Let's see how it goes. I also hope they don't drink my coffee because I have not slept at all. And, uh, just, just one day. It's not that bad. I might do it. I might, uh, handle the chicken noise. Who knows? I'll just do it from here. I was gonna be like deep inside there with the cover and stuff, but I don't think that's working. And I don't think she wants that. She's so loud. I almost wanna close the door, but the last time, they're still getting used to the coop. So the last time I closed the door, just making sure I don't my address on the house. But um, the last time um, they were testing out this coop, because it's getting cold, so my chickens sleep in trees right now. We stole them from the neighbor. It's a long story. Uh, <laughs> it's not that long. It basically, the chickens weren't happy with um, the home that they were at. I'm just going to sit here. Fuck it. It's not too wet, so it shouldn't be a big deal, but it might be a big deal. Who knows? I also hope that my mic doesn't get covered by this blanket. But it is way too cold to just be sitting out here without a blanket, if you know what I mean. And this chicken's so loud. <laughs> um, but I don't know, I kind of like it. I don't know if it's too annoying. The mic's closer to me than closer to her, so we'll see how it is. I have my quotes, I have my book out here. You know, I'm ready to go. Be quiet, Bertha. She's so loud. I think she's going to knock over the camera when she gets down finally because she doesn't know any other way to go outside and I have all my shit at the front of this door. Um, but that's my fault. Like, this is her world, not my world. I haven't gotten anywhere in the book just because I kind of want to get through these quotes. It's a good way to review what, what's been happening and, you know, prepare my way, pre prepare my way forward to the book. And, you know, just like... I'm not trying to rush things like so many people are, I'm not sure about so many people but I just see a lot of shit where it's like oh I read 20 books in one month shut the fuck up like a book a day you know <laughs> um this is actually pretty funny I I like that I'm with someone because it's pretty early in the morning everyone wakes up at 9 a.m ish so I'm a little alone I should have got my whipped cream over here fucking shit Give me a second. I'll have to readjust my mic when I get back. <sighs> Fuck. Have you guys gotten this brand? 
super good. It's from Albertsons. Albertsons is the place to shop for any meat products because their sales are fucking lit. But hopefully this doesn't change the audio too much from the beginning. Not like you'll remember it too much <laughs> side by side. Um, but I haven't gotten further in the book, so I'm still at the stage I was before. Just like still cool with Lilith, still meeting her. Uh, things haven't gone crazy yet. But I need to read more of the book because I just got through the setup in the last episode. Be quiet, Bertha. This is my life. This is what my life is. Like, I know it's annoying. Maybe. I don't know. She is a bit much. Not gonna lie. Like, Bertha... I Did I say they sleep in trees? They started sleeping in our tree, which is why we stole them from our neighbor. They're refugee chickens. And... Uh, we also just asked them after we've had them for like a few months and they refused to go to the neighbor's house and we're, we're feeding them luxury chicken items. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. I just woke up. My nose is runny. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it. Let me... figure out where the fuck we are i remember the last one of the last quotes i sent in was when he decided yeah he decided to just join the popular lodge sorry my mic's getting covered uh, he decided to join the popular lodge be quiet Bertha. um They've been really rowdy the past few days because it's been getting cold. But, yeah, he just decided to join the Popular Lodge, which is the asylum. He's getting a job there. He's getting interviewed for it, but um, I, I'm not going to go through, like, the whole story things. I'm just going to go through the quotes that have meant something to me because, you know, I'm, it's not a fucking uh, synapses or whatever. But the last thing we quoted was, but on an inspiration of the moment... Or was it all, after all, entirely of that moment? I explained that in the last fucking podcast. Fuck you for not knowing what I'm talking about. Um, it's really funny. Man, I can't believe how intelligent people were in the 1960s in order to, like, write a book like this. I wouldn't be able to write a book like this. Not yet, at least. Um, maybe eventually, after I read a while. But, you know, my reading is not good. Um, I feel like when they're talking about TV back in the day in the 1950s and they're like that's gonna rot your brain out I think they're right because I don't feel as smart as people that were in the 1940s if you watch Casablanca they talk so fast in that movie it's fucking terrifying I need more whipped cream in this I put whipped cream in my coffee I don't like using sugared creamer because be quiet because I don't know, I feel like sugar, sugared liquid carries a lot more sugar than anything else. So, I don't know, I guess cream is a liquid, kind of. I see it more of like a gelatinous thing, but, you know, I've just been, this is my first time having coffee in this cup, by the way. I usually use a, sm a lot smaller cup, so the whipped cream is a lot easier to grab with my mouth. Like, I'm kind of eating when I drink coffee, if you know what I mean. That's good. I think Bertha's calming down, but I'm, I think she's still going to be 
fucking talking. Birth is my chicken, by the way, if I haven't mentioned that. <laughs> um, I'm also wearing the same outfit. It's been a few days. It's not clean. It has not been clean. I've just been wearing the exact same thing every single day. <laughs> so, um, after he decides to go to the popular lounge, I like what I like how he starts off this chapter. It's like a whole new act because it was set up, set up, set up until he decided to go to the popular lounge and lodge pop popular lodge okay and yeah so i like the beginning of this only it's just like it's only a sentence like uh page 89 let me write this shit down because you know i like doing stuff page 89 how far are we on 907 wow i come now to what is properly as i have said the beginning of the story, the part of it, of it which concerns Poplar Lodge, and which will be, if I have the strength and abilities to set it down, a history of the strange transfiguration of the world and of my heart, which began when I first entered its grounds and whose spell, in so transcri transcribing it, I hope to break forever, for, although it is finished now, I do not know if, having heard such music, one is ever wholly free from it again. Is it unregenerate of me to make such an admission even now? I hope not. I hope I have become secure enough in honesty to confess that whatever else it may be that has driven me to set it all to set it down at all, it is partly this at least, and if I were to undertake the task with any less candor, it would be useless to begin. And so that's just him saying, I want to be honest. I want to see what I did. I fucked a, I fucked a, a patient at this asylum. And it wasn't pretty, it wasn't pretty apparently. And that's why he's writing it down. I like, I like that he's saying that. I fucking love, like, not old people talk, but like, old way of, ways of talking. <laughs> like, it's, it's so intelligent. So much vocabulary. I talk with um, but I barely learn how to speak in my 20s and i'm barely 22 so that's not too far away <laughs> i haven't been 20 for very long um in my 20s i have i've been 20 for one year and then i turned 21 that's how it works um so basically he interviews to the job the girl's like sure and he this is his first day and the popular lodge it's a kind of like this whole estate uh, this private estate. It's kind of like a country club, but with mental patients, if that makes sense. Because there's, like, a field house where um, the more well-developed asylum people, more functional, who basically live on their own, but they need, like, a little bit of a nudge. Um, they live in their own little fraternity house, essentially. And, yeah, so that's that's on the property of Popular Lodge. And then there's the main house. I forgot what it's called, actually. Maybe it's called the lodge. Who knows? Um, but it's four floors. First floor is staff. Second floor is high-functioning patients. So not as high-functioning as the field house patients, which was, was the fraternity fraternity house. But they're they're pretty better. They're, they're functional. They have contact, which is they're able to talk and verbalize how they're feeling. Um... But yeah, uh, still mental patients, obviously. It's a mental asylum. Um, 
the so second floor is high functioning uh asylum people third floor is low functioning barely um female female patients and fourth floor is wait no third floor is the male fourth floor is a female fourth floor is the worst for some reason and he kind of describes why it's the worst because it's female instead of male and i really liked what he said um uh should i just i maybe i should get a a nice little description of how that fourth fourth floor was um okay i'm just gonna start from uh when he figures out when he first enters the fourth floor because i think it's important to get this uh depiction and my quote is only a page away and i don't know i think it's important to give context i think that's why he gives so much setup in his story because it's kind of important to know why he not fell but like maybe did fall like he fell in love obviously maybe obviously i haven't gone to the point where he fell in love yet so i'm in the middle of this it's really fun it's fun uh kind of giving my little um predictions on where i'm going and i'll see how wrong i am at the end i guess (sighs) okay so page 110 this is where we're at i should probably start saying the pages that i'm quoting sorry um okay it would have been less harrowing i think if we had begun on the second floor and worked our way up through the progressive levels of disorder but Bo took me directly to the fourth floor I was prepared to be shocked, or repelled perhaps, even forbidding, wait, sorry, or repelled perhaps, and was fiercely determined to survive my first impressions. However, for forbidding they might be so important it has become to me to succeed at this work, but the sight of it, sorry, I, I just woke up. Actually, I, I don't think I slept, so I might suck at reading right now. But the sight of so much tormented del relic humanity crowded together in such oppressive, desolate conditions, however necessary, without comfort, privacy, or a single grace to dignify their lives, is overwhelmingly sad. <sighs> the floor is divided by a wide corridor running down its center, from which the patient's rooms, five on each side, open off. These rooms have no doors and are completely unfurnished except for a wooden bed and locked and a locked wardrobe each has a single uncurtained window barred with steel wire at the end of the hall the heavy metal doors of two isolation rooms each with a small observation window at its top immediately beside the elevator door there's a small cubicle which serves as office for the floor attendants furnished with a desk a drug cabinet a steel sink and a small gas burner on either side of it are the grilled metal doors of two bathrooms. The south end of the corridor opens onto the wire-barred concrete porch, with each floor is, with which each floor is fitted. Concrete porch. Shh, Bertha. Shh. Ooh, it's a little dusty right here. It's dewy. Um, sitting on their heels, crouching or wandering about these bleak surroundings, were eight to ten, eight or ten woman patients, most of them quite young and many of them barefooted with unkept hair and torn stained clothing. Sounds like me. One girl ran softly on her toes in little darting steps, 
humming to herself and picking daintily at a rip in her dress. Another with tangled black hair. <laughs> Look at my hair. I guess it's not tangled, but I definitely haven't brushed it. And, like, I washed it, but I'm putting on this cream, and I'm taking a bath every night, so it's so greasy. Um, so, uh, sorry. One girl ran softly on her toe. Wait. Most of them quite young, and many of them pair barefooted with unkept and torn-stained clothing. One girl ran softly on her toes in little darting steps, humming to herself and picking daintily at a rip in her dress. Another with tangled black hair leaned against the wall, beating it hopelessly, <laughs> spasmodically with her palm while she sobbed with despair. A young woman whose face I could not see sat on the floor staring down into her lap, her forehead resting on her knees, completely motionless for the whole time we were there. A stout, sly-looking woman of 30 with a flush and haughty face spit at us and smiled sardonically. From within the rooms came the sounds of quiet moaning, excited chatter, or sudden hysterical laughter. The whole floor was permeated with a faint, sour smell of sweat and urine, like that of a locker room. Spaced here and there along the walls of the corridor were white-coated attendants, watchful and impassive. They lifted their hands sometimes to disengage gently the fingers of patients who wandered close to them and clutched at their clothing, peering and giggling. Bo noticed... Bo introduced me to the nurse. Okay, I, I think that's good. Blah, blah, blah. I met this person. It's not describing. Uh, blah, 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 blah. She don't have to be... Uh. Oh, yeah. So this is him talking to the superintendent. Bo said... I, it's only... Maybe I should have read what I just skipped. Fuck that. I don't want to read that. <laughs> I like dialogue. Um, sorry if I keep poking this. It's kind of right where my hood is. And I also want to be able to cover myself. It's cold out here. And Bertha took my sleeping spot. But it's her sleeping spot. Not sleeping, but chilling. She's just chilling up there. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um... Maybe I should just put this down. It's a little cold for this, but I'll do it. Oh, I, I can also hear better. It's cool. I'm, I'm also kind of on my nighttime edible as well. CBD and CBN. THC, one to one to one. Pretty good. All right. So this is his superintendent. Be quiet, Bertha. It's rather shocking, isn't it? The first time you see it. Yes, I said, and asked her suddenly a question which, although it was quite spontaneous and sincere, must have sounded very strange. Why do you work here? She did not seem to be aware, as I was almost instantly, of the foolish foolishness and possible impertinence of the question, but smiled and nodded as if it were not only relevant and logical, but anticipated. That's something all of us who work here have to ask ourselves, she said. And we're better off if we answer it as honestly and thoroughly as we can. I hope you will too. Although impressed by this answer, I could not help being aware of its obliquity. That bitch dodged that question. <laughs> um, but here's what I actually quoted. My little blue tab mark is right there. It's astonishing. The, thor the third floor, although it is, it is very much... Like the fourth, with the exception that these are male patients, I found less depressing. 
Perhaps this is because I was better prepared for what I, I would see there, but I don't think this is ent the entire reason. It seems to me that insanity is much less disturbing. I'm not sure here of the exact word that I want to use. Less sinister, perhaps, in a man than in a woman. It may be the viol that violence is more compatible with masculine nature, or that derangement is manifested in less subtle, less elaborate ways in men. There was something eerie, something witch-like and profound about those women above that I cannot forget, and which I did not feel... There's a chicken coming. I'm taking my coffee before it takes me. <laughs> Second chicken here. She's quiet, so she's not going to be as loud. Bertha's the loud one. Of course, she's the one that stays in here. But you might hear a flying, and you might get toppled over. Sorry, it's in the middle of my quote. It may, it may be that violence is more compatible with the masculine nature, or that derangement is manifested in less subtle, less elaborate ways in men. There was something eerie, something witch-like and profound about those women above that I cannot forget and which I do not, I, in which I did not feel about the men. I had the impression that the strangeness, the faint alarm they made me feel, was invoked not by the loss of their powers, but by their added powers. Isn't that fucking fantastic? Perhaps this was, perhaps this has something to do with my attitude toward women, which has never been very real. The line which falls, it's its uh, bracketed here. The line which follows has been blacked out vigorously with ink, but I, rem I remember it imperishably. I kept thinking about mother. That's how I feel. I fucking have no experience with uh, having a normal relationship with a female role at all. Because I didn't have a mother. This guy is so cool. They really want to chill here, but I'll let them. It's their house after all. I'm on their territory. I just hope I don't fucking get shit in my coffee. Literal shit, like chicken shit. <laughs> be quiet, be quiet. You don't need to say that much things to her. <laughs> but I fucking love that quote. The strangest and faint alarm they made me feel was invoked not by the loss of their powers, but by their added powers. That's fantastic. Fantastic. I've been watching Doctor Who as well. That's been nice. Um, I'm probably just going to blaze through these quotes. Because they kind of like go everywhere. I think the setup's a lot. The setup takes a lot of time to kind of think about. But I'll read, I'll read through these quotes and say what I think about them. Be quiet, Bertha. Um... Okay, so this is a conversation with one of the OTs. One of the doctors, actually. Maybe he is a OT. I'm not really sure. So I need to get those words. Bertha. Bur okay. I feel like I have kids around me. <laughs> Fuck. Um... Okay, I'm going to start from here because I don't entirely remember this conversation. They... I'm just going to keep on talking. Um, they gave me the feeling of bitter excitement, with which I remember certain incidents of the war, because remember, he was a 1940s World War II veteran. Those are the work of the patient, Dr. Levere said, noting my attention to them. An engineer who was here about two years ago. A remarkable man. Do you find them interesting? Yes, I don't know why, but they remind me a lot of the modern poetry. A kind of explosive quality. Yes, 
They have schizophrenic art. It, wait. Yes, they have. Schizophrenic art is fascinating. And astonishingly, like what we call modern art in many respects. Modern poetry, in particular, as you say, has many devices that resemble the aberrations of a certain type of schizophrenia, which we call hypomania. The fragmentation, the same intense symbology, the neolo- neologisms, the compulsive internal rhyme and word association. It's quite amazing. Is the significance of that as obvious as it seems, I asked? Dr. Lerier smiled and tossed his head in a gesture of pleased amusement. That's something I'm not really allowed to speculate on, professionally at any rate. He said, I must leave that, I must leave that to the sociologists or the critics. I, I don't think there's any doubt, though, that the world has been greatly influenced by the work of some extraordinary schizophrenic minds. Savonarola, Hitler, Van Gogh, <laughs> Kafka, the Lord knows how many. The schizophrenic is not always easy to identify, even today. Particularly the very gifted paranoid type with a highly organized delusional system and great intelligence and energy. They are very persuasive people. And there's no doubt that in times past, they've been extremely active and influential members of society. They still are. And then this is what I quoted, purple tab right here. I asked if they were so effective in the world. I asked how, how, if they were so effective in the world, it could be justified in calling them insane. That's why I think I might be a little, like, fucked up, but not fucked up enough to be in a mental institution. I think it's levels, you know? Let me write this quote down. Page one, two, six. 26 minutes. Okay. Did I do that uh, 112 page? I guess I did. I'm gonna have to call back on that because I didn't write down the page page number for that or timestamp. Um, but I really like that. I asked how if they were so infect if they were so effective so effective in the world, it could be justified in calling them insane. Well, uh, let me let me read his response. I didn't care about his response very much. Well, insanity is a matter of degree, of course, the degree of appropriateness of the delusion, and in marginal cases, it's a very delicate thing to decide. How are we to regard Blake's visions, or St. Teresa's, or the testimony of St. John on the cross, as madness or revelation? I suppose there are many modern psychiatrists who wouldn't hesitate to call them hallucinations, but they've comforted and inspired millions of people. He had all the while been manipulating his curious pipe, and now he tapped his teeth thoughtfully with a stem. Mad people have a strange history, he said. They've been savagely abused in many societies and treated with reverence in others. I suppose the fact is that we've never been quite sure about them. We're not yet. But we know a great deal more today than ever before. Particularly, Particularly in the last five or six years, the strides that have been taken are enormous. It's a very exciting thing to be alive at a time of so many critical developments in a science. Then, I think it, I think it's good right there. That's a good conversation. I really like that conversation. Like, just uh, what really connotates madness and why isn't it useful in society? Why do we deem it not useful? Why do we imprison these people? Why do we lock them up? Shit like that. Shit like that gets my brain a-stirring. Ah, oh, so warm. I need to reposition my feet because they are asleep.
<sighs> Should I, uh... Yeah, let's get more up close and personal, bitch. Not up close, but better angle. You can see my legs now. Do you like my legs? <laughs> so weird. Um, a little bit too much, actually. Too personal. That's that's better. All right. So that was nice. That was a nice quote. Like I said, I think I'm going to boom through these, honestly. Let me get my notepad ready to write shit down because I keep on forgetting. It's just such a good book. <laughs> it's such a good book. Um, so I'm already in the new quote, I guess. Yeah. Cool. <gasps> Ooh, this is a good quote. He's fucking met her. He's met her. He has met her. He oh my god, this is the quote. I think he has a conversation with uh, his uh, higher-up official. So I just hope that... Well, I didn't. I totally didn't uh, write it down. But I hope that I have a idea of where this one quote was. But it's it's more or less the same conversation. But... Fuck. Okay, I don't know where it is. I feel bad about it, but uh, maybe I'll find it later. Maybe I'll show you later. But there's this one page that was really cool. But I've completely lost it. So let's just meet. Let's fucking meet her. Isn't it fun to meet Lilith? Isn't this so fun? We're on page 144. This is the first conversation he's had with her. I mean, be quiet, Bertha. Don't peck Bertha Betsy. They are so rowdy right now. Specifically Bertha. Bertha's the loudest chicken I have. We only have two chickens. <laughs> um, but this is such a good quote. This is such a good quote. Let me get a drink of coffee. I wonder how annoying this podcast is with Bertha. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I'm having a good time. I'm having a really good time, actually. It's fun hanging out with the chickens. I like being around them. I'm not alone. They're not alone. I would be freaking out about if they're getting fucking attacked by foxes because foxes are coming back in our neighborhood. It's also wet and cold, so they don't like wet and cold. They like warm. I should actually close this <laughs> coop for them, honestly. Um, but I think Bertha will be freaked out about her inability to leave. But let's meet Lilith. So, um... I lied. This isn't the first exchange they had in the in this particular time and space. This is the first time he's met her. Be quiet, Bertha. That's too loud. That's too much. That's too much. Too much. So, this is like the first conversation because she he's uh being an understudy for his job is it's his first week there so he's following this guy around and that's why i think about you bertha i'll fucking close the door i'll fucking close it i don't give a shit <laughs> but um yeah let me I'm gonna take this shit over here. Ugh. I'm fucking going psycho on you, Bertha.
Oh, this is really bad. This is a really bad angle. But I'm just gonna close this because Bertha's getting a little bit out of hand. Shh, shh. It's okay, chickens. They have the chicken coop door still, so I'm not locking them in there. I think Bertha will probably freak out. So if you start hearing babakwa box, that's her fucking freaking out. But isn't it so much quieter now? She was getting a little bit too much, if you know what I mean. But I'm out here and it's good. Um. Why did you come here? She asked in a moment. Well, I had to have a job. Of course, but you could have gone to work in a, but in a butcher shop. No, I've been working in a butcher shop for the last three years. Burn to fucking military people. Should I go to a little different spot? I could go in there. It's much quieter. I just think the first conversation with Lilith needs to be uh, post-chicken, if you know what I mean. Let me fucking... I'm, I'm moving locations. I don't have enough room. Fuck. Page 144. Sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm gonna open the door too, because I think she's freaking out. Oh, my God. I have two friends who are moms. And I'm pretty sure they deal with worse stuff than this, so... You're okay, Bertha. I just closed the door. I just closed the door. It's okay. It's okay, guys. I'm fucking leaving your asses, though. I'm dragging this fucking shit. I'm spilling coffee all over me. <laughs> this is a bad angle. Oh my god. Okay. This is a post-chicken world now. She's being so loud. So aggressive. Oh my god. That chicken, man. But... You know, I only spilled a little coffee everywhere. Only a few drops. Only a splish splash. That's nothing. Every time I feel like my life is going horrible, I think about my two friends that just had a baby. And, like, how, you know, they clean shit and shit. Like, literal shit. And, like, what do I do? I just fucking feed chickens and fuck around. And, I don't know. I feel like life isn't that bad. You know? Just be grateful for what you have. Be grateful for how things are going. And don't freak out. <sighs> but, you know, there comes a time when a chicken gets too loud. Oh, she just left the place. Of course, when I leave, she leaves. They're, like, coming to the window. Fuck Bertha. But let's meet Lilith. Okay, this is such a good scene. It's such a good starting scene. It's such a good starting scene. Man, Bertha, she's like fucking at the door right now. Shut the fuck up. Oh my god, I'm gonna beat this chicken. <laughs> okay, now she's going to Betsy and bothering her. Why did you come here? She asked in a moment. Well, I had to have a job. 
of course, but you have gone. You could have gone to work in a butcher shop. No, I've been working in a butcher shop for the last three years. I wanted to do something that would dot 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 help, not just for the adventure. I don't think so. I'm not much of an adventurer. Oh, I think you are," she said. "Why? Will you think I'm rude? You will. No. <laughs> well, adventurous people always look rather ill at ease. They are shy, you know, not bold at all, as people believe. They go stumbling about the world, being scolded, breaking things, always looking for a place where they will feel they belong. They have that." Crooked look, that crooked look. Yes, of not matching anything. Other people are sort of smooth down looking, you know. They get worn away by life until they fit. But really adventurous people never do. They're full of points and angles that stick out everywhere. They have that crooked look, that terrible uniqueness. The quality of her voice changed as she spoke this last phrase. As if the effort of discovering and pronouncing it has suddenly solemnized her thought, she sat watching my hands for a moment in reverie. Their hands, for example, don't seem to fit anything in the world—not a plow handle, or a keyboard, or a sword. Nothing that we know. She made a slight oppressed movement of her head, and when they are dead, they lie so empty. As if they had never held the things they yearned for, never in all of their life. As if they begged to hold it, even for an instant, even in death. I had taken, I must confess, an immodest pleasure in her obvious, if indirect, attention to myself, and in what I ple was pleased to consider the cunning of her reference to my breaking things. But seeing suddenly the austerity of her eyes. I felt myself. I am aware of the absurd absurdity of the word betrayed, betrayed, and inexplicably repelled by her aspect. Still staring at my hands, she turned her own over in her lap. So, curling the fingers upward slightly and a strengthless, gripping attitude to illustrate the image she had spoken: a golden apple, or a scroll of fire. Or the breasts of some impossible girl that he, they could never touch. Saucy, saucy, saucy. I folded my hands involuntarily, um, involuntarily in a quaint, fastidious way, as if to disassociate them from any such desire. Asking, "Have you known many such adventurers?" She lifted her face to me wearily. No, there are not many. I love this. I love it so much. That's how I feel exactly. Not to blow so not to blow smoke up my ass for being an insane person that is never satisfied, but that is who I am as a person, and it's nice to hear it. I feel like it was a bad idea to do a podcast with the chickens. Oh, it wasn't intentionally with the chickens. They just happened to be there, and it just happened to be Bertha, and that is a stupid chicken. <laughs> Stupid. It does not. Bertha does not know how to survive. She, I should, I should say, not it. Um, she doesn't know how to survive. When we first uh, stole her from the neighbors, 
she didn't know how to forage. She would just steal whatever Betsy found. Betsy's our other actual chicken that knows how to survive. Bertha's the chicken that mooches off of us for being nice. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Maybe, oh, maybe we should just stop loving her. Oh, here it is. Oh my God. This is the quote I was looking for. This is great. Oh, I, I left my notes out there. Fuck. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bring, I'll bring it in here. I think, uh, Bertha's uh, less, I don't know, I feel like it's, like, General Marvels' dog, Kermit, where you just give <laughs> these animals attention to the point where they do bug you a lot. Oh, I did have my stupid-ass notebook, it was in my pocket, sorry. Fucking shit. But I'm almost done with these quotes, and Bertha's distracted. It's, it's going great. Everything's going great. You like my chicken coop? That's uh, where that chicken was screaming and squawking this entire episode. <sighs> if anyone's just listening to the podcast, which by my statistics, no one is. Right, at this moment at least. But um, if you're just listening, I have this on YouTube. <laughs> uh, I think it's much better to watch people talk than to just listen. Which is why I hate that Duncan Trussell doesn't record his podcast. Because he's a great person, but... It's hard for me to verbally understand things without someone's face explaining it or hands. All right, let's go with this quote. Page 154. Let's write this shit down. Page 154. And I'm 40 minutes in. 41 minutes in. And I keep on missing some quotes and time, force time sapping those, but... It's easy to at least go in between. I remember Dr. Levere reminding me once in a conversation about Lilith, which I shall record presently, that the word rapture in the English of Shakespeare's day meant madness, and adding in the gently evocative manner which I came so greatly to admire. I think all of us here are concerned with rapture in some way, I told you once that I like to consider psychoanalysis as an art rather than a science. And when a man devotes himself to studying the nature of rapture, he may find himself dispossessed, as it were. Categories, categories dissolve, values and verities ver ver reverse themselves. Things he reaches out to touch for comfort or guidance startle and sometimes sicken him with their unfamiliarity. It is a thing we are all aware of in this profession. So that's uh, starting that idea of... What the fuck is that? It's just a rock. Sorry, there's foxes here. They just came back, so I'm kind of afraid of my chickens getting fucking mauled. But... So that quote in particular is starting to envelop the idea of that innocence corrupted by madness. I think it's by madness that though the the theme of the book is innocence corrupted, which is beautiful. And I think that's a hint. First of all, the other quote from um whatever their name was. Maybe it was Dr. Levere again. I think it was Dr. Levere, but the other quote where it was saying, Well if they're so special, why do we lock them up? Um, that was starting to like touch on that idea of uh, innocence corrupted because he's starting to see the value in these 
mental, mental patients and um, starting to see himself. I think, I think it's uh, really starting to see himself in these mental patients. And I think that's beautiful. Like, I, I don't know why it's beautiful. I've been really, I've been really, 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 really um, enamored by mental, mental institutions for a while now. I think for my entire life, honestly. So it's nice. It's nice reading this shit. It's really, really refreshing reading this because it's someone that shares my ideals and probably I, I don't know how much of this is out of personal experience. Yeah, it's a fictional book, possibly. Um, but I wonder how much of it is true to who he is as a person. So there's this one kid in the field house he was in field house when vincent the, the main character met him but he slowly degenerated not slowly but he's been degenerating for a while now because he's gained an obsession over L lilith so there's little there's a little love triangle thing going warren likes lilith vincent is like at this point in time it's like kind of kind of attracted kind of i feel something I don't know. I feel some sort of connection to this girl. That's kind of where he's at with Lilith right now. Um, and Warren's like hopelessly devoted to her. To, to her. Um, he kind of stands outside of her window when she plays her flute. <laughs> I think that's romantic in a way, but it's uh, also kind of like a fucking creepy ass guy. Get away from me. Um, yeah, this and that. So... That's who Warren is, and he's hopelessly devoted to Lilith at this moment, and he's slowly degraded into um, the third floor of that uh, four-story building. He was in Phil house, which is the high-functioning patients, but he uh, degraded himself. I think uh, when his character, per se, maybe, was introduced, uh, not even his character, it's, it's just like his aura... <laughs> More like, because they passed by his room, and then Dr. Levere was like, that's Warren's room. He hasn't been feeling lately, because he has this little thing with Lilith Arthur. And that's also the first mention of Lilith from uh, entering the Poplar Lodge, so. Any, like, slight mention towards Lilith, I'm like, <gasps> you know, because, like, it's so exciting. She's so exciting. I'm so excited by this book. And wasn't that introduction so good, the one I read a few minutes ago? Um, okay. So, this is Lauren. Uh, they're at a field trip, almost. Uh, sorry, Betsy. They're at a field trip, and... Lilith was not going to go uh, at the start. She was, uh, she had this claim that the forces in her fantastical world, she has a fantasy world, by the way. It, I'm not really going to explain her, her illness right now. Not too in-depth because I don't really understand it too much. But basically the gist is she has these beings that talk to her in their own language and um, at this day and time, they told Lilith that um, you can't go to this field trip or you're going to get punished. Uh, something like that. So she has like this kind of uh, fantastical, almost 
demon-like, but more like entity-like. Like, they seem to be good entities. And I don't know, the more that I listen to people that take DMT and ayahuasca, I'm like, how much of this is true? Is this, like, a natural state of psychosis that allows you to see this other dimension that um, you could only get through a psychedelic experience if your brain wasn't wired in this certain uh, fantastical way? I'm kind of exploring that topic in my head right now. It's kind of awesome and amazing to explore because, like, the possibilities, the possibilities of uh, psych psychosis not being psychosis is awesome. I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but I really like that idea. So this is Warren. He loves Lilith, and I think Vincent is starting to also get attached to Lilith. A little bit, but this is his first occurrence with her after that first conversation. So this is his first time hanging out with her. So he's in charge of both Lilith and Warren. It's just him. Uh, he's taking Lilith to this because uh, the the staff at the Poplar Lodge was like, can you please like convince Lilith to go to this field trip because she's not going and she hasn't been out in months and uh, we would really like her to get associated with the regular real world uh instead of just in her drama fantasy in her room like she's just been trapped in a room for a while so can you get her outside and the conditions of that was she could paint she doesn't have to talk to anyone and like uh she, like she's free to do whatever she wants basically not not whatever she wants but they give her a lot of leniency and they wanted they really really uh negotiated for her to go outside with them so this is um, that first occurrence, not first occurrence, but this is them out, out on a boulder. It's kind of a risque location. It's 10 yards away from a cliff. It's fucking crazy. It's 10 yards away from a, cr a cliff and a Vincent's like, this might not be, this might not be the best location, but I don't know. She chose this location, so I'm not going to say anything. And, um, let's just fucking do it. She's inspired. Let's, uh, let her paint. And he, it's with Warren, the kid that's in love with Lilith, and Vincent, and Lilith, obviously. So three people in this little situation right now. And Lauren, Warren's just fucking talking her up. He's like, so, uh, blah, 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 blah. Like, that's him right now. And I think I'm going to drop this cover on the floor. It's a little dirty in here, actually. Nope, fuck that shit. I'm not dropping this on the floor. There's like construction going on in this, <laughs> in this household in general. So there's just construction shit laying everywhere. There's also, fuck. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to drop it on this construction shit because it's hot. It's getting hotter. I'm less cold. I'm not sitting down. I'm kind of standing up and feeling good in this garage. And I think I might do podcasts from here a little bit more often. Not in the middle of the day, because everyone's here at the middle of the day, but maybe at the start of the day and at the end of the day. Who knows? But, uh, let's get my hair over my ears. Now I look bald. I need to cut my hair. I fucking hate my hair this long. Um, this is Warren talking. I should like to be able to paint, he said, or to do anything of that kind. I've always had a great love of the arts. When I look at a painting or listen to music, I'm very moved. I understand them, but I can't do them myself. The reason why I highlighted this, there's there's more to this, obviously. Um, but I'm, so, I'm stopping right now to talk about this is because right now in my current state of life, 
or maybe just like a few years ago when I dropped out of college is that I feel like I'm more at that worn stage of life where I'm barely letting myself be creative and enjoy the fantasies of the world per se and then the pleasures of the world more like it and oh now there's little birds coming and eating the feeder because I was scaring them before but it's scary in this garage I have been a logical thinker my entire life I've been a math geek basically math geek playing video games watching tv that's my life that's been my life for a while but the past two years I've been delving into painting music creation art art is painting I don't know why I said that but just art in general like cool ideas too like spiritual spirituality tarot tarot cards I'm barely getting into astrology because that was too popular and you know when things are too popular you can you get kind of like I don't like this because everyone else likes it and uh everyone else is pretty annoying and I don't like I don't like being in the mix of everyone else's trend I, I hate trends this trend isn't real it's it's a uh, this kind of idea that everyone decides to latch on to it all at once and I don't like latching on to everyone else because I feel like it um, takes away from who I am as a person individually. <sighs> Just my opinion. Oh, also let me write this down. 50, let's do 50 minutes for page fucking shit. 160. 60 minutes in. Oh shit, 50 minutes in, not 60. All right, we only have a few more quotes to go after this, but I should like to be able to paint, he said, or to do anything of that kind. I've always had a great love of the arts. When I look at when I look at a painting or listen to music, I'm very moved. I, I understand them, but I can't do them myself. So that was me two years ago. It's crazy how the people, almost everyone in this book reminds me of myself. I, I can't really say that about say that I'll say that about a lot of tv shows or movies or anything out there in the world today I, I can't I can't say that I feel very connected to every single character in the story so I think it's fantastic that this author is able to do that to me uh, like I said it's amazing to be able to read this book and process through shit that I feel like I haven't processed through yet because you know, there's just, I, I just haven't seen the story yet. And this is a story that I needed. If that makes sense. <clears throat> I regret using this cup because I like to grab the whipped cream and like kind of eat it. I like to eat coffee if I would say that. <sighs> Sorry, I come from a generation where it's Starbucks is what coffee is. Um, He watched frowning with fascination so this is i'm very moved i understand them but i can't do it myself um the arts he watched frowning with with fascination frowning with fascination that's interesting while Lil Lilith's fingers flashed about the easel how do you begin he asked i can never understand how you begin when i pick up a violin or a paintbrush i suddenly feel exhausted and embarrassed what is that to you wait what is it that oh what is it that you do I do nothing, Lilia said. My hand moves and I follow it. Love that. 
Ah, that's it, Warren said. The hands move. Mine doesn't, of course. Or if it does, it only it moves only in the direction of salted almonds. I always have a bowl of them beside me when I work. It is a great mistake. I sat one, all one afternoon last week trying to write a poem and could do nothing but nibble salted nuts. The more I tried to concentrate, the more of them I ate. It's what always happens. I can't trust my hands, you see. I think that is where you fail, Lilia said. You must learn to trust them if you want them to lead you to things you love. Do you think they will? Perhaps it is only that I love salted almonds. What a terrible thought to be what, what a terrible thought to be a gourmet by nature. A taster and sampler of things. Still, it may be true. I'm afraid I have a of scholar's mind, you know, not an artist. That's me. I'm afraid I have a scholar's mind, you know, not an artist. It's a very different faculty, I was, but I'm barely learning. I'm barely learning how to be an artist. And I've been a scholar for so long. So it's weird being high in one area and then being low in another. It's very humbling. But you have the gift. Okay, so this is uh, just talking about him, which I don't really want to hear this. I, I'm fast forwarding to this. Um, maybe I should read that. So she has her own language by the people that taught it to her. And he, uh, he, Warren, not the main, not the main character, the asylum patient, um, Warren, he's actually pretty intelligent himself. Like he said, he's a scholar. He knows a lot of languages. He, uh, is whatever lingual, you know, and he's actually interested in her language. Um, yeah, let me just read there. I'm just going to go where I was. Okay. Um, I'm afraid I have a scholar's mind, you know, not an artist. It's a very different faculty, but you have the gift of tongues. That's a great gift. Oh, it's nothing compared to yours. I've studied them. Yes, I know the grammar, but you've invented one on your own. That is the greatest gift. I did not invent it, Lilith said, turning toward him with a fiercely solemn look. It was taught to me. I learned it just as you do. How, Warren said, who have you learned it from? Do you mean it's a spoken language? Yes, it is spoken by my people. Really? And you actually hear them then? You hear them speaking it? I would love to hear it too. I'm fascinated by language. Languages. Do you think they would speak to me? She, okay. she watched him studiously for a moment, seeming to search his face for signs of mockery. But there was nothing to be seen in it but guilelessness. Wait, guileless eagerness. I don't know what that means, guileless. Perhaps, she said, but it's very difficult to learn to hear them. It was many years before they would re reveal themselves to me. I'm sure I could learn it, Warren said. I learned very quickly, you know. I learned, sp I learned to speak Hungarian in less than a month. Perhaps you would teach me. He clasped his knees in his hands, leaning forward with excitement. No, I wouldn't be allowed to teach you. Unless it was approved. It's a language that has very, f it's a language that very few are permitted to speak. But what would I have to do? He asked. So this is what I actually quoted in this bookmark tab, page 161. But what would I have to do? He asked. I'm sure I could persuade them. Uh, should I? Yeah, I might as well. 
59 minutes. Sorry, taking notes, taking notes, taking notes, taking notes. Okay. But what, what would I have to do, he asked. I'm sure I could persuade them. She lifted her brush and clenched the tip of it lightly between her teeth, staring softly at the ground. You would have to demonstrate. You would have to demonstrate great courage, she said, and a great capacity for joy. But I have, he cried. There are so many things that I take joy in. I have a, a very exuberant nature. Perhaps you haven't noticed it, but I'm not very brave. I admit. I admit I'm not very brave. I'm afraid of all sorts of things. Cuts and bruises, sudden changes of temperature, for example. I catch cold very easily, you know. I've never been very physically strong. Ah, God, I need water. I'm talking is cutting my voice. You know, I barely talk in the real, real world, so doing these podcasts are a bit much. It's why convey my words so poorly <laughs> i need to get a little bit a little bit better but let me drink some more of this and hope that my throat will clear up and feel better i'm almost done with this i only have a few more quotes and then i could start reading this again <laughs> that'd be nice I catch cold very easily, but I'm not very brave. I admit I'm not very brave. I'm afraid of all sorts of things. Cuts and bruises, sudden changes of temperature. For example, I catch cold very easily, you know. I have never been physically very strong. Lilith burst into a peal of laughter and turned back to her painting. You are a fraud, she said. You talk about submitting to holy powers, but you're terrified of little bruises or of catching cold. I think you're as devoted to misery as Mr. Bruce's, and you boast of your capacity for joy. That's good. Mr. Bruce's Vincent, by the way, the main character. But I have it, Warren cried. You don't understand me. I have. Eat these, then. She turned suddenly, plunging her hand into her pocket and flinging a handful of the scarlet berries towards him. They bounced and rolled in the gray rock, settling in the crevices where they lay glittering like little beads. I lunged forward involuntarily in the beginning of the, of the gesture to clutch his hand if he should reach for them. But I saw there was no need. He stared at the red berries with a sudden look of fright, drawing his hand inward against his breast and re recoiling from them humbly. Oh no, they would make me sick. They may be poisonous. Perhaps, Lilith said, but perhaps they have a thrilling exotic flavor like nothing you have ever tasted. She's so fun. She took another handful of the berries from her pocket and dropping her head back, tossed them into her mouth before I could reach her to prevent it. She had swallowed them and drawn her wrist across her lips, her wrist across her lips to wipe away the scarlet stain. They're delicious, clean and bitter like anise. You see how foolish you are. Ah, that's delicious. I leapt to my feet, much too late, as I say, to interfere, and stood frowning at her with Chandran. Have I made you angry, Mr. Bruce? She asked softly. It was very foolish. They may be po they may be poisonous, as he says. They won't hurt me. They won't hurt me if they are. I hope not. 
if you do any more foolish things like that, I'll have to take you back. Are you worried about me then? Uh, she's so sexy. I fucking want to read about them fucking, you know? Of course, I said. I'm responsible for you. Yes, then I'll be very good. I promise not to get sick. I wouldn't want to embarrass you. She held her hand out toward me, her palm glittering with scarlet juice from the crushed berries. Would you like to taste it too? No, thank you. You see, you are both alike. You're concerned about your health, but I have tasted a flavor of this world that you'll never know. She's so cool. Yes, but I'm afraid of things like that, Warren said. He sat with his head drooped, staring rather shamefully at the ground. Poison and things of that kind. I've read about it in books. How you die in agony. I believe you draw your knees up against your chest and resume the fetal position. It's really dreadful. He rose and prowled restlessly about the rock, examining the boulder wall with his long fingers, which he poked in a sorrowfully and abstracted way into the dust and rubble of its crevices, turning something sometimes to look at Lilith. We were both suffering, I believe, from the same curious sense of defeat at our hands and went without speaking for several minutes, each silently considering his own inadequacy. Each silently considering his own inadequacy. That's good. I like that. I don't know why I like it, but, you know, just this clenching on to. I don't want to die, you know? I don't know how it feels to be that free, to be Lilith, you know? I... I feel like what Mr. Bruce and Warren feel like. I feel like I need to protect every single thing about myself. But she's so open and free and she follows her hands and allows them to let them guide her. And I want to be like that. I, I don't know what it says about me to be inspired by the story of a mental a, pa a patient from a mental asylum, but I like it a lot. Okay, so this is a small quote. I just liked it. Um, it's not much, but uh, let me write it down. Page 180. And we are one hour and six minutes in. Fuck, boys. This is going to be quick. So this is uh, his least favorite co-worker. <laughs> and uh, it's one little sentence, so... He's one of those people who promote their self-esteem not by honest, constructive achievements of their own, however modest they may be, but by criticizing and destroying the achievements of others. It has sometimes occurred to me that this is the only absolute form of evil there is. Too harsh, too harsh a judgment, perhaps, but there's certainly something wrong with that boy. I would hate to be in debt to him. Fuck people who destroy instead of create. Fuck people who tear shit down. Fuck people that uh, judge other people's works and criticize it. I think I'm that person sometimes, but, you know, I'm trying to create shit. I'm trying to do my stuff. Like, I'm not trying to tear someone down. If I do have something negative to say about it, I have a reason to... I have a constructive criticism. I have, like, something to bring to the table. I'm not saying that's shit and I don't say anything else. I say, that's shit because of this and you can make it better like this. Like, fuck people that are just like, fuck you, this this shit's dumb. I don't know why it's dumb, but it's dumb. I, I hate people like that. So, just quick rant. <laughs> okay, what's the next page? 
I told you it would be quick. Page 185, and we're 108 minutes in. I'm getting better at this note-taking, because, you know, you could tell I'm more awake right now, right? I think I drank all my coffee. Let me drink the last bits of it. Okay, so now if I choke, I have no way to wash it down with some water because it's all the way out there with the chicken coop that I left behind with a screaming chicken that no longer is there because I'm no longer there. Like I'm saying, I think that dependence is from me, not from her. It's it's not the chicken's fault that she depends on me. I help her up trees because she can't fly up there herself. I think I need water because I think I got some grounds in my fucking grounds in my coffee grounds do you know that song it's a uh, it's been playing in lebanon uh oregon uh, especially in the malls grounds in my coffee grounds in my coffee you're so vain i bet you think the song is about you you're so vain and then me and daniel say that it's you're so lame but uh, i'll be back with some water Okay, I got water. I'm gonna drink from it right now. How low should this be? I'm still deciding. I don't think people often put this on their hood. And I think it's foolish of me to do it. But, you know, if it's down here... I don't know about that either, you know? I think that's a good spot. Maybe. Who knows? I might regret this later. But it's better than nothing. I sold this when I was in high school before I knew that stealing was wrong like I didn't know stealing was wrong before I like the thrill that's what high, that's what teenagehood is for doing stuff you know that's wrong and then trying to trying to come back from that okay so I'm on page 185 what even I don't even know what this quote is but I'm just uh, change this time to 10 minutes because I, t I got some water. All right. Uh, uh, I don't even know what this is about, so I'm not even going to set you up. Oh, wait, I do know. Oh, yeah, it's about uh, um, selective inattention. It's basically when uh, a mental patient chooses not to hear a word or chooses not to remember something accurately because it's too overwhelming for them kind of like how all the victim mindsets are nowadays but you know in a more uh amplified sense so to speak like it's not as bad as them or they're not as bad as them you could decide which they is they you know which they is they and which they them is them but uh they're not not as bad as how they do it if that makes sense i don't know but a selective inattention. His subject was selective inattention, a fascinating device by which the mentally ill and sometimes normal people as well apparently fear, fail to hear or observe things that would be painful, inconvenient, or too strongly challenging to them. That's what I call a bitch. <laughs> um, I don't know, but I'm gonna. Should I just read the rest of this? <sighs> Ordinarily, this is an eliminative process. I don't want to read this. I'm just going to see his uh, reaction to it. Oh, wait. No, let's let's hear this. Uh, but in the other, there is no conscious adjustment to reality and no concern for the plausibility of one's disbelief uh, in it. Although the fact is registered by the senses, the mind blankly refuses to recognize it. 
plunging its head into the sand, or rather into a pile of alternate distractions like an ostrich, as Dr. Newman put it. It is a kind of instantaneous amnesia. Pretty interesting. So I think it happens... I would read this, but there's a lot of fucking big words, and I think I'm being a pussy by not reading it. Should I just do it? I don't want to do it. I don't want to read this. Okay. I'll read I'll read this part instead. I'll read what I want to. You know? I'm not reading the whole book to you. This is a fucking audiobook, bitches. What is astonishing to me is the familiarity in less acute forms. All of these aberrations, we constantly practice them in degrees which are still deliberate and controlled as everyday stratagems of life to protect our pride or vanity or to satisfy our impossible or impractical 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 desires the pleasant afternoon daydream is not very far removed from the fast fantasy or delusion the expediently overlooked insult is only a step from hysterical deafness and the comfortable conclusion that our teacher grades us poorly because she is down on us is a close very close cousin to the paranoid persecution complex but in psychopathic people as dr newman pointed out these devices have become involuntary and extreme perhaps because these people have more need of them than we and practice practice them more intensely they have lost control of them and in doing so they often ironically enough suffer more than they profit by them through the horrors of hallucination and delusion i love that they have lost control of them and in doing so often ironically enough suffer more than they profit by them through the horrors of hallucination and delusion that's what happens when you don't confront your fears they bite your ass confront your fears everyone fuck yeah i love that there is something truly terrible in this the idea of a wretched mind outwitted by its own virtuosity as if in so skillfully and passionately evading its oppressions i'm spinning on this book it had failed in some human obligation, had broken some natural covenant of suffering, and been made and been, been made to suffer even more. I need to read that last sentence. That is so profound. There is something truly terrible in this: the idea of a wretched mind, outwitted by its own virtuo- virtu- virtuosity, as if. In so skillfully and passionately evading its oppressions, it had failed in some human obligation, had broken some natural covenant of suffering, and had been made to suffer to suffer even more. That's the whole. That's the whole thing. That's the whole. That's the whole discipline thing. Sorry, I'm choking. I'm like my voice could cannot support dialogue for more than an hour because I don't use it for more than an hour. A day I grew up very introverted, so I'm trying to exercise my voice more through these podcasts. But I'm usually a listener, if you if you know what that means. I listen to people, but um, aside from that, isn't that so profound? That's everything that everyone teaches nowadays. By everyone, I mean everyone on a podcast because that's all I watch. Like Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, Jocko Willink, David Goggins. Life is suffering. And you need to go towards the suffering instead of towards comfort. Because if you go towards comfort, you fucking suffer more. Because you're not taking on the challenges of life. And everything's too overwhelming for you because you're not doing anything. That is what that's saying. And it's so profound. It's so great. And it's so like 
just putting out uh, putting it out there it's one of it's one among all the amazing ideas he's saying and it's so beautiful and i wonder how uh how much of this was a profound element of everyday life in that day and age like how many everyday people knew that how many people knew that life is suffering and you needed to fucking take one up the ass and just go do your job go do this go go do what you want to do just fucking do it and don't hide from your responsibility i wonder how much that lesson was taught back then 1961 i keep on saying it 1961 nice day and era so great so great so great i i I don't even want to like i can't even convey how great reading this book makes me feel and i i'm kind of sad that I started this out with Bertha screaming because, I don't know, it's such a great book. It deserves a good audio and everything. But, you know, I do what I can. I do what I can. And at that moment moment of time, I needed to do it with Bertha because she made me feel less alone. Maximum file reached. Um, 117. Let me pause this and... Okay, that's better. Um, So I have 48 minutes of... Uh, podcasts available to be uh just memory i have 48 minutes of memory left which is good that i deleted some shit (laughs) um but that's not a problem because i only have one quote left isn't this great so i'm just gonna do 19 seconds and i'll add from the last one later i hear flies it's because the sun's coming out so the bugs are gonna come out to you which is good that i'm almost finished because i don't want to be in your bugs bugs are fucking gross all right. So, aside from that profound excerpt and just me getting super pumped about it, this is my last quote. It's almost uh, bittersweet, but I have finally reached the end, and after this, I could finally read this book because I've caught myself back up with the book. And because, I, like I said in the last podcast, I've been really busy. It's only been a few days since then, um, like less than a week, basically. Um, I'm wearing the same outfit. <laughs> uh, but I've been taking a bath every day, so it's not that gross. <sighs> not that I'm trying to defend myself. <laughs> oh, this is just a small quote, too. This is the end of it. We're getting close to the end. Um, this is him talking to Mrs. Megan, which is some gay chick that uh, deluded herself into thinking that she was adopted because her parents didn't... Uh, her parents really didn't like that she was gay. They were Christians. And she kind of deluded herself to understanding that her parents are actually her adopted parents. Like, they adopted her. That They're not her real family, so they don't, they don't really love her. So it's just this weird delusion of, uh, my parents didn't love me, so therefore they're not, they're not my parents. Um, just this weird understanding. So that's her, and she's a little bit intelligent. She reads books. Which is something I want to do. I want to be a person that reads books. I'm reading a book right now. I don't know how I'm not a person that reads books, but I definitely don't read them often, which I definitely want to do. <laughs> this is so fun. I'm having so much fun doing this. Um, after several minutes, she turned to me and said, I hope you understand. It is just that these are very unusual moments, which in spite of their rarity are constantly being interfered with out-of-policy, indifference, expedience, or some equally callous practical reason. It is extraordinary that beauty can exist at all when there is so much determined opposition to it. Do you like music? 
it's because the reason she said that is because Lilith uh, plays a flute and they uh, limit, limited that to one hour uh, a day. And Mrs. Megan, the first time you meet her, because this is the second time you're talking to her, not the second, maybe for Vincent, but definitely the second for us as a reader. Um, the first time she was like uh, mesmerized by Lilith playing the flute and she was with Vincent playing cards and she said something like, I heard you limited the amount of time she could play monstrous and they're like uh, the I think this is when he was an understudy under Bob Bob which is the person he was understudying with was like well some patients didn't want to hear it and she was like monstrous <laughs> and uh basically just for the reasons she said right now I think I'm gonna reread this reread this because it's really nice and it's just a nice way to end end this podcast it's actually perfect you know like just that sentence it is extraordinary that beauty can exist at all when there is so much determined opposition to it this is a i keep on saying this but this is another thing i feel in this day and age where everyone's trying to make art and all these uh kind of woke activists are trying to say fuck you this is offensive take it down and some things are just so beautiful it shouldn't be taken down no matter what it is, whether it's comedy or a book or just words or thoughts, like, especially meaningful thoughts. I feel like that's been under fire. I want to say recently, but more like, I don't know. It's just been under fire. And I hope that art is more respected and art can be received better all right i think that's it uh it's getting close to when everyone wakes up so i don't want to be caught here with the camera not a camera just my phone i'm just talking to my phone but there aren't any foxes i don't think they're gonna come out so i'm a little i feel a little good about that i would have uh, just been tossing tossing and turning in bed so i'm glad i could do this instead thanks for watching this if you did i'm sorry about bertha in the beginning I'm really sorry. I think uh, I won't do that again, but maybe I will. I, I just hope that it didn't uh, devalue the conversation because I, I just want to relay how great of a book this is and how much it's been helping me with processing who I am as a person right now, how I've been in life. And it's just uh, amazing and profound. Let me read that last quote again. It's really good. I hope you understand. It is just that these are very unusual moments, which, in spite of their rarity, are constantly being interfered with out of policy, indifference, expedience, or some equally callous practical reason. It is extraordinary that beauty can exist at all when there is so much determined opposition to it. Do you like music? It's just so heavy. That quote is so heavy, it almost breaks my heart how heavy that quote is. Like, don't you just feel that quote? Don't you feel it? Because it's so hard to make art, let alone being ragged on by a bunch of different people. 
that don't even appreciate anything because they're so miserable that they want to spread their misery towards you. And back to that one guy. Do you create or do you destroy? Do you create or do you destroy? I think that's a question everyone should ask themselves. I want to be someone that creates. I feel like I've destroyed a lot in my time. I feel like I've been very negative. I feel like I've uh, been very rude to people that didn't deserve to be treated the way I treated them. Especially in college, because I was miserable in college. I wasn't doing what I needed to do, which is, I think, I think this is what I need to do. Maybe. For now, at least. And I hope, I hope someone gets something out of this. Please tell me if you get something out of this. I, I get a lot of good feelings trying to make this. <sighs> I hope the audio is good. I'm, I'm really trying to get audio equipment. Whoever wants to give me $400... It's really 618, but 400 is like really a good number for me to have. Just in general, I would love to have $400 right now. I think everyone would, but whoever wants to give me money, go ahead. <laughs> I would love money. I'm trying to do a lot of stuff. Um, I'm trying to raise myself to a position where I deserve money. Not just from working, but I don't know. Creating shit. Let me see if creating stuff actually gets me somewhere. I have a lot of, I have a lot of inspiration to do stuff, and I hope I see it through. So, uh, see you guys later. I hope you liked this. I, I hope I talked well enough. I hoped Bertha wasn't annoying. I hope a lot of things. I hope you have a good day. I hope I have a good day. I really hope I have a good day. <laughs> I care about my good day more than I care about your good day, but also, I hope you have a good day. <laughs> yes. Hello. Goodbye. I also want to say how, like, much this book is just appreciating art. And you have to remember that writing a book is art. And I think a lot of the excerpts in this are kind of just describing that art-making quality to life. And uh, that's where I am right now in my life is trying to appreciate art more. So it, it's really something it's some it's really something you know okay i'm done